How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about! I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. After a wild week four of high school football action, episode four of the Idaho Sports Prepcast, presented by Project Filter, is here alongside Paul Kingsbury. My name is Sven Elskog, and Paul, we have an absolute ton to talk about here this week. We had upsets, we had blowouts, but you know we're going to start it out. I was at the Eagle Mountain View game last week. Eagle went in there; they trailed 16-0 at the half against number three ranked Mountain View. Went in. And they stormed back in the second half, went on to win 33-24 to in that football game. And their sophomore quarterback, Ben Ford, proved that he is the real deal on the ground and through the air. And this is just a microcosm of how good the 5A SIC is in general this season. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I think that can be said statewide um, as, as far as how football has gone so far this year, where the first couple of, th- you know, two, three weeks, there were blowouts. So there were more blowouts than there were close games by far. And here we are getting into the meat of the season. There's a lot of conferences that are just starting. Conference play, team, you know, games start start to matter at this point. And like you mentioned, the 5ASIC, just when you think you've got a bead on who your 1, 2, 3, 4, and maybe 5 teams are, all of a sudden number 6 comes up and beats number 2 or 3. And, and there's always there's always parity there in the, in the 5ASIC. And until you get to those final couple of weeks, you never know who's going to rise to the top. Entering this week, Bora and Rocky Mountain are the only teams left that are undefeated in the conference. Bora has a big task this week going against Capital. We'll do our pick six segment later in the show, and we'll actually pick that game. Yeah. Bora Capital, good rivalry football. And, you know, we talk about the 5A SIC, but probably the game that everybody's got circled on their calendar this week is happening up north in Coeur d'Alene. The mm-hmm. defending 5A state champion Highland Rams are heading up north to take on the Vikings. It's a rematch of the 2017 state championship, which was won by Highland 14 to 8. And you better bet these Vikings are ready to enact some revenge here this week. Well, that's been something that's been circled on your calendar before we even had permission to go do it. You know, a brand new athletic director up there, Mike Randalls. We've uh, contacted them a few times and, and busy, busy time of year. And so we finally got a hold of them and, and Mike came back and said, yeah, we'd love to have you guys come up. And at that point, you kind of got giddy like a schoolgirl and got all excited and now you're going up with Jackson to do a fantastic game I'm I'm actually pretty jealous that you're going up there this weekend to do that game and you know we'll talk about it but there's, there's a lot of history between these two teams from opposite ends of the state I don't know if I'd go giddy as a schoolgirl on I the whole it. thing but let's talk about the game this is a matchup that we've seen seven times since 2012 the Rams have won four of those seven games including the championship last year, as we alluded to. And as we look through the records, it's kind of interesting. It seems like every time they play, the result goes the opposite way of the prior time mm-hmm. they played. We saw Highland win 14-8 to last year. In 2015, Coeur d'Alene won 27-3. 2014, Highland won 13-10. to And that back and forth just goes throughout the series. So if that follows the script, Coeur d'Alene's due for another win this time around, but there's a whole lot more to it than that. Well, there is. If we're just going on paper, yeah, it's Coeur d'Alene's turn. It goes back and forth, back and forth, uh, you know, since 2012. But, you know, they play the game, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, you know, there's a lot of factors involved in that as well. It's a long trip up. I mean, bus rides are different now than they used to be. I mean, back in my day, it was the yellow school bus that you were crammed into. Nowadays, they... 
they uh, they get those nice big luxury liners that go up there and take them. So it's uh, but it's still a long way to go and and unfriendly confines when you get to those opposite sides. And and what I like about this this particular rivalry that it's developed, it's not one that goes back years and years because they're you know in, in neighboring towns. It's developed over success. And so over the years, you know, they start playing in a championship game. Great. Then they schedule to play during the regular season. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. It's not one of those rivalries um, where one team just smacks the crap out of the other team every year and they call it a rivalry. This is something where you never know what's going to happen going in, year in and year out. And and one thing, I'm going to save some more for this for our picks, but it's not just the players in this. It's the coaches, too. And, you know, the thing that I like about Coeur d'Alene is they're starting to gel a little bit. Their quarterback, Cale Edwards, six foot five, 210 pounds, also a safety on defense. They've got Shiloh Morgan, Garrett Hagel, Ryan Linehan, Colby Nosworthy, all kinds of weapons on both sides of the football. The Highland Rams, of course, return senior quarterback Kobe Tracy and senior running back and wide receiver Landon Demuzio off of that state championship team from a year ago. But you mentioned the uh, head coaches, Gino Mariani, his 17th season, Sean Amos in his 22nd season. Each of them has won state championships. And just like the overall series between the teams, Highland is edging Coeur d'Alene 4-3 in the state title department under head coach Gino Mariani. So that's one of the games that we're excited about. We'll pick that one coming up later in our Pick 6 segment. We'd also like to talk a little bit about the Emotion Bowl that's coming up this week. Skyline taking on Idaho Falls from Ravston Stadium. We'll have this game broadcast for you as well on IdahoSports.com. Matt Harris and Lucas Gephardt on the call for this one. And I think this might be the most evenly matched Emotion Bowl we have seen in quite some time. You know, going back to my previous comment about one team smacking the crap out of another, that's what we've seen in the Emotion Bowl uh, a few times over the last you know decade or so. And Idaho Falls has, has been building their program. They're building their program, and, and even though Skyline has been the uh, you know the juggernaut um, in 4A recently, this could be one of the best Emotion Bowls we've seen in quite a long time. And if that does play true to form, it's as good of a rivalry as any in the state. Yeah. I think a lot of people, most people, would probably rank that number one as far as rivalries go. Another rivalry taking place this week, the Service Bowl between Canyon Ridge and Twin Falls. This is our Magic Valley game night game. Scott Burton and Mike Savage have the call of that one. And you know, not related to games coming up this week, but we want to talk about it as well. We've got a great article up on our homepage written by Jason Shatra, who's written for all kinds of places. He did a phenomenal job writing about Charlie Shepard, mm-hmm. the head football coach at Salmon River High School. You had an opportunity, Paul, to go up there to Riggins this past week and watch them play the Prairie Pirates and talk to Coach Shepard. Just a remarkable story to come back from what he dealt with at the beginning of the season, a, a potentially life-ending deal at the sawmill up there, the Shepherd's Sawmill, and right. well, he turns it around and he's back coaching football, and and that's just great to see. Good guy. Oh, he, he is. You know, we've known Charlie a long time, and we we've seen him at state championships in both football and basketball. We've gone to the regular season games in both sports. Uh, you know, we've seen him coach his nephews and his sons along through the program. You know, uh, Paula Tucker, uh, sister, is the AD there. It's a good family organization there. And, you know, from Garden Valley to um, Castle Ford, I mean, they're everywhere. And then and the state of Idaho is better for it. So going up there, you know, normally we we webcast from the flatbed of Shepherd's Sawmill and Log Homes, they bring it. But it was filled with concrete this week. And so 
they said that wasn't available. So Paula emailed me and said, hey, our, our new maintenance guy, Charlie, is, is building a platform. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll have to meet this Charlie guy. So I get there, and Josh Byers and I drive up, and no one's there. And we see Paula coming, and, and we talk to her, and she says, oh, it's Charlie Shepard. The head coach built this, and it's not just a piece of plywood bolted to, to the stands. It is a well-built, probably one of the nicest little stands in the uh, in the in the actual home stands to broadcast from they painted it they did a fantastic job it was charlie shepherd in the shop class built a platform for us that's permanent now to come and webcast from their field had a chance to talk to him ahead of time um he said he hadn't actually read the whole article yet he said yeah i got a chance to read most of it but he's a busy guy he's got some things going on um they, they, they both said they loved it they, they've heard a lot of good things charlie was actually saying he's getting texts from people he doesn't know who they are saying hey congratulations read the article great job and he has to write back and say thanks who is this so uh you know it's great it's a great story about success um coming from someone that that didn't expect to be in the position he's in um but luckily um for us especially the kids that he's coached and the town of riggins um that we're all better off for it and you've had a lot of experiences with coach Shepard, and obviously it's a great story put together by Jason Shatra on IdahoSports.com's homepage. But what's your personal favorite memory of all time? You know, just being around Charlie and experiencing the type of guy that he is. You know, you're setting me up here, and 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 it's a great story, and it's one that I'm going to tone down a little bit. But it was after his accident, and uh, and we went up to do the 1A Division uh, two district girls basketball tournament in New Meadows. And we get there and, and, you know, it was a shock when I heard what happened to Charlie. I mean, it was, it was one of those things where you feel like a, something bad happened to a family member. And, and so we're setting up, I look down and coming through the doors in the gym, Charlie Shepard. Um, and you know, he, I think he was on a, a cane. Um, you know, he was being helped in, he had some medical apparatus, you know, attached to him. And I mean, I dropped what I was doing and went down to talk to him and told him what great it was to see him, shook his hand. And, and, and he asked if I wanted to see see a picture on his phone, and his wife is like, Charlie, don't show him that. Of course, I wanted to see it. So he shows me a picture on his phone that, that was the actual injury right after it happened. And uh, it was, it, that's, that's, the, you know, that's the way Charlie is. It's, hey, here it is. This is cool. And, you know, that Friday when I was talking to him, I said, during the, you know, in the article, we have a picture of the actual saw blade that almost took your life, and it's got chunks of you on it. You know, is that cool? You know, should I take that down? He's like, no, 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 I think that's cool. And I'm like, oh, good, because I think it's pretty cool as well. That's the kind of guy he is, the most down-to-earth guy. I mean, I could hang out and just talk to him about anything, um, you know, no matter where we were. So uh, he's just that kind of guy. Well, if you're a little squeamish, probably don't let Charlie Shepard show you some photos <laughs> on his phone. Well, Paul, we have a lot of good games coming up this week. Middleton, Bishop Kelly, mm-hmm. another game taking place in the 4ASIC. Will Henneke and our new guy, Braden Spalding, will be on the call from that one, which is taking place in Middleton. This is another one that we're going to pick six later. Yep. And uh, I think that the Middleton Vikings have just absolutely rolled everybody that they've played this year but you look at Bishop Kelly and they're holding opposing offenses to absolutely nothing so I think that this is a matchup that everybody is excited to see kind of that powerhouse offense against the powerhouse defense who comes out on top right and this is definitely the matchup of the number one and number two team in the 4ASIC and you know it's up to the viewer to decide which one's which you know right now it's it's Bishop Kelly uh, and Middleton, uh, you know, BK at 4-0, Middleton 3-0. But the thing is that they're both averaging, you know, well over 40 points a game, Middleton almost 50, while holding their opponents to 15 and 10 
respectively, between Bishop Kelly and Middleton. So great offenses, great defenses. They're going to be doing battle at Middleton this Friday. That's another one that um, I was actually originally assigned to do that one. Uh, but due to some scheduling things, I, I moved over to Donald Larson. But that's one that I'm definitely going to be watching while I'm doing my game. A couple pieces of news going on throughout the state. Brian Fulp, the interim head coach at Lake City, has been announced as the full-time head coach as Lake City went in and won the first game of the Brian Fulp era against the Lakeland Hawks last week, 40-27. to Zane Latou was busy on the ground for the T-Wolves, rushing for 162 yards on 27 carries. We also saw that Middleton team that we were talking about. This is probably the most impressive stat line you're going to find in the state right now. Ever since the fourth quarter of their opener against CUNA, they've outscored their opponents 191-18 to in the 13 quarters since then, and a lot of that has come back to Dallas Hagler, the quarterback, who has just been absolutely fantastic, 264 yards and four touchdowns and a win over Fruitland last week. Yeah, congratulations to him. It's always nice to see you step up, become interim, and you hope that they just remove that interim title. I've never really understood that. You either hire a guy or you don't. So I'm really glad that he's going to be there for the long haul. And we've talked a lot about Bishop Kelly and Middleton, but Valley View is a team that you can't overlook in the 4ASIC. Ran for 551 yards in a thumping of Caldwell, 50-14. to Land Larrison and Carson Child were each over the 200 mark. Sugar Salem, an impressive team in the 3A classification last week. They won 21-14 to over Marsh Valley. They're now 3-1 and this season, and I think that they're going to start garnering some votes in the 3A poll, depending on how the next couple of weeks unfold. Fruitland, of course, has a massive rivalry game and an SRV conference game this week against the Homedale Trojans. So things could look different next week depending on how that goes. Oh, they could. And Sugar Salem, I think, got a bad rap from the voters after week one where they lost to Declo. Um, it's Declo people. Uh, they're going to beat you. And so Sugar Salem comes in, loses by a couple uh, to Declo. But then what have they done since? I mean, they've come out and shown that they're a very high-powered offense, averaging, what, 34.5 points a game, keeping opponents to under 10. So another good offense, good defense team there in the 3A that people are going to have to watch out for. Speaking of Declo, have you ever seen a team just absolutely obliterate somebody like this? The Hornets knocked off Buell this past week, 68 to nothing, and well, they have one of the best players I think either one of us have ever seen in the state of Idaho, Keegan Duncan. He ran for 114 yards and three touchdowns in the first half, and he caught three passes for 139 yards and two more touchdowns, and he had an interception that he returned for a touchdown. So Keegan Duncan was in the end zone just about as much as Buell's offense had the football in that win last week. You know, and we could talk Keegan Duncan all day long, and, and it's going to be fun watching his uh, his career progress in that game where they beat Sugar Salem. He was injured, and he went out of the game. And so it was the rest of the Deck team that beat one of the top three A teams in the state of Idaho. So, yes, Keegan Duncan is, without a doubt, one of the best, if not the best player in the state of Idaho, any classification. But he's got a team behind him that can win as well. And I'd be remiss if I did not talk about the other team in the 2A Canyon Conference, the Wendell Trojans, as Will Henneke has told me all about Wendell this year. And they are impressing in the early going. They uh, knocked off Payette 29 to 28 in overtime after trailing 16 to nothing at halftime. But it's good to see a program that has really struggled for such a long time come out 
and get some wins this year. I don't know if this year is obviously going to be the year where it all comes together, but right. they're at least heading in the right direction. They're, they're in a not only a tough conference, you know, being the other team is Declo, but in, in a club, tough classification. The, the game that I went and did at Wendell was when they hosted Coal Valley Christian. They lost 54-0. to zero a very tough Cole Valley team. So, um, you know, moving forward, you know, they've got Filer coming up this week, um, Buell, Gooding, and then they face Declo to end the season, of course. But, um, you know, I think they could pick up another win or two moving down the road, and that's something you build a program on. Speaking of Cole Valley, their defense has just been unmovable this year. It's four games into the season. Cole Valley is now shut out three opponents. They held Marsing to 78 yards last week and a 33 to nothing win the chargers improved to 4-0 this season they've got a big clash against mccall donnelly this week on saturday at donna larson park you'll be out there with clay hatfield i think that's an exciting game in the 2a wic yeah it's always fun to go and have a chat with lee leslie on the sideline before the game and 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 then see two very very good football teams uh do battle in, in a pretty cool setting at donna larson park you don't see two-way football at Donald Larson Park too terribly often. That's where the uh, the 5As play in the metro area. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun Saturday game. Two big notable games to talk about in the 1A D1 classification as we move down here. Number one ranked Oakley. They defeated Chalice 22-18 to at home, and this was despite eight fumbles, and they lost three of them. So uh, they played with fire a little bit, but they were able to come out on top. And then Grace absolute shocker to most people that follow 1A football. They beat number three Raft River 28-26 to and that's a week after they lost 40-2 to against Chalice. This is kind of the same story as the 5A SIC where on any given week you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. You know the difference is is each game week to week not only decides conference standings it, it defines how uh, statewide standings. I mean you've got four of the top five teams in the state in your conference. I mean, that really stinks if you're five and six or seven in that conference. Um, and so, you know, a Chalice and a, and a Grace and a Valley and a Butte County, you know, they win, they lose. That affects how voters vote in the in the top five the next week. So that's a very tough conference. And we want to go all the way up north, just about as far as we can go, to the 1AD2 classification, the Clark Fork Wampus Cats, the best mascot name about, mm, you, I mean, you, you can't really yeah. get a lot better than that. I like the Orofino Maniacs, but... I'll, uh, I'll flip the coin and say Clark Fork is as good as it gets. And, well, Clark Fork defeated Mullen St. Regis Co-op 50-24 to last week. And uh, as a result of that, they are lining themselves up with an opportunity to potentially get a playoff spot. They're not going to get it right now. According to the Bonner County Daily Bee, the win for Clark Fork secures their first North Star League title since 2005. However, that's not actually the conference that's going to basically shape up how the playoffs work. Is They're just going to take the top two teams in overall standings between District 1 and 2. All those teams are playing each other this year. So despite winning the, the conference title per se, they've still got some more work to do. They're going to have to beat either Deary or Kendrick in order to get a playoff spot this year, but good for them. You know, and it's been weird how that how that whole situation up there has been uh, handled this year. I mean, no one really knew what was going on. Coach would say one thing, and AD would say another thing, and newspaper guy would say another thing. And I, I trust you, Sven. If you say that's the way it is, then it's gospel. I think that, uh, that that's probably a lot of people rolling their eyes right now, but hopefully <laughs> we did our due diligence. We asked Ty Jones, uh, our own Matt Harris said, how is this working this year? And he got the answer. So, again, they are going with the top two teams out of District 1-2 combined, just like they have the last couple 
of years. So that's kind of a little rundown of what's happened everywhere in the state and a preview of some of the big games that are coming up this week. We'll have more with Paul Kingsbury, the managing editor here for IdahoSports.com, coming up here shortly as we run over our Pick 6 segment and also pick one upset that we think is going to happen here as we get ready for Week 5 of the high school football season on the Idaho Sports Prepcast, presented by Project Filter. My name's Jerry, and I smoke for 30-plus years. I was elk hunting. My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. I nearly died, and it was enough to wake me up. You know, being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking. I still hunt, and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going, and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. Cable One brings high-speed internet to the greatest town on Earth, yours. Now you can get up to 100 megs for just $45 a month for six months. No deposit, no contract. Enjoy faster downloads, better streaming, up to 100 megs, $45 a month for six months. Connecting is easy. Call 877-687-1427 or visit CableOne.net today. Restrictions apply. Call Cable One for details. Don't worry, honey. You know how the media sensationalizes everything. Okay, that does it. Screen guys, I'm going home. You play to win the game. I thought that would be big news. You thought what would be big news? Big games all throughout the state this week here in Idaho. And, well, we're going to do our favorite part of the show one more time. It is the Pick 6 segment on the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. We pick six games that we think are going to be tight throughout the state and we pick those, and then just for good measure, we throw in a game that we think has upset potential. And so far through the first three weeks of this, we have not picked any of the upsets right. But <laughs> this week, Paul, I think that one of us at least is going to get one of the upset picks right here. I know I will. So Paul's got confidence in his upset pick. We'll hear which matchup he decided to come up with as we move on. But first, we are going to start in the 5A classification. Multiple big games here this week. We'll get it started at Donna Larson Park on Friday at 7 o'clock. The Capitol Eagles taking on the undefeated Bora Lions and their head coach, Jason Burton. This is a good rivalry football matchup. These teams don't like each other a whole lot. And right now, Capital entering the game 2-2. Two and two. They have a lot on the line. Bora in a position they haven't been in in quite some time, 4-0. and oh. yep. So it's just a changing of the guard almost in the 5A SIC. But if you're Bora, you got to go into this football game and you got to win to prove that, hey, we are the real deal. Yep, and like we talked about in the, the previous segment, there's so much parity in the 5A SIC that uh, going in, you look at the records and go, yeah, I can see this. And you look at the numbers. You know, Bora is is averaging about 10 points more a game. They're holding their opponents to about 10 points fewer per game than Capital. However, I've seen Capital play this year. Um, I think they have all the pieces. They they have a, a lot of talent. Not saying Bora doesn't, but I am saying that I think this week is going to be Capital's week, and uh, Capital will defeat the Bora Lions at Donald Larson Park. So you're calling for another little semi-upset. And again, we say semi-upset yeah. because the, the 5A SIC, it doesn't really seem like anything is an upset this season. Right. So we'll see how that shapes up. I'm going to go in the favor of the Boral Lions. I think that they're getting a little bit healthier. They were banged up a little bit last week right. in a 35-32 loss to Timber, or excuse me, a 35-32 win against Timberline. I mean, yeah. it, it may have felt like a loss because it was so much closer than what they have uh, – 
you know, wanted to experience. They, they had a close game the week before against Meridian as well. So back-to-back tight wins for Bora. I think that, that this is kind of a, a good little opportunity for them to go in this week and say, let's stretch it out a little bit. We don't want to win by two or three points every week. Let's see if we can get a couple of touchdown lead behind our senior quarterback, Jake Stanley, and, and see what exactly we can do here this week. So I've got Bora, Paul's got Capital, one pick down in the pick six segment here on the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. Our guest host here this week is Paul Kingsbury, the managing editor of IdahoSports.com. Here's another game that we're going to have broadcast for you right here with live video. I'll be up in Coeur d'Alene with Ed DePriest and Jackson Kingsbury calling the Highland at Coeur d'Alene game. It's a 5A state title rematch from a season ago. That one was won 14-8 by the Rams. Paul, who do you have winning in the rematch this time? Well, again, I'm a numbers guy. And so you look at numbers. These two teams can score points. You know, um, Coeur d'Alene, almost 40, 40 points a game. Highland, close to that, 35 points a game. Defense is is stout as well. 12.5 allowed for Highland and about 22 for Coeur d'Alene. So you're going to be looking at, you know, some high-flying offense and some brick wall defense. And so coming into it, you know, I, I, I like Coeur d'Alene. I'm a huge fan of Coeur d'Alene. But this week, I'm a, yeah, not a, I'm a fan of, of all football. But Highland's going to come in, and they're going to beat Coeur d'Alene on their home field. And, and it's, I'm just because of the numbers on this one. Highland is a very, very good team this year. You know, I like some of the experience that Highland has coming back, and it starts at the quarterback position with Kobe Tracy. It's been a while for those of you that follow the Highland Rams since they had a quarterback that started at the varsity level return. And the last time that happened, it was Neil Jewell, 2011 and 2012. Well, they were pretty stinking good when they had Neil Jewell, and I think that they're good as well this year with Kobe Tracy at the patrols. Gino Mariani has got 155 and 41 on the sidelines in Pocatello. His next state title is going to put him at the top of the leaderboard for Highland coaches with five. I think that they are going to continue on the path here this week against the Coeur d'Alene Vikings. I have Gino Mariani's Highland Rams winning that football game, but it is going to be awfully close. You can really account for that just about every time these teams get together is you're going to get about a touchdown or less in just about every one of the matchups. You know, and it's very possible, no matter what happens this week, we could be seeing them play each other again the third week of November. And when that happens, it's interesting because they played each other twice in the season in 2012 and in 2013. Well, guess what, Paul? The result of the regular season was flip-flopped come playoff time. Highland won in the regular season 45-26 in 2012, fell in the semifinals at Old Arena 45-38. And then the next year, Highland won the regular season 24-21, and they lost in the 5A state championship game at the Kibbe Dome 31-28 against the Coeur d'Alene Vikings. And that was a game that you were at, and uh, you were with Matt Harris, I believe, on the call for that game. Yeah, it's always a fun time to do stuff with Matt. But you're right, I mean, that was a great, I mean, that was we, we say instant classic sometimes. But, you know, this one truly was. I mean, 31-28, to 28, it was 24-21 earlier, you know, a couple months prior to that. I, I think we could be seeing that this year as well. I really do. And with Coeur d'Alene, we want to talk about them for a little bit here. Is you know, in the last two weeks, their offensive units put up 99 combined points. So it seems like things are really going in the right direction with Kale Edwards as the signal caller. And you know, losing a guy like Colson Yanka to the University of Washington—that was their quarterback last season—that's a mammoth loss. But 
I think all things considered, this is about as good of a start as you could have possibly expected from Coeur d'Alene. They've beat Rigby, Gonzaga Prep, Meade, and Eisenhower so far to start 4-0. Yeah, that's uh, you know a, a very good resume of wins there. And like I said, we're in the middle of the season now. Um, everyone is a, a, a fine-oiled machine at this point. And so they're tuned up, ready to go. And this is a game that they've been looking forward to, even though they're going to say we take one game at a time. You know both sides have been looking forward to this since training camp. Next game, we're going to drop down to the Snake River Conference. Snake River Valley Conference, the SRV. Fruitland is at Homedale this week. Fruitland coming off a 41-18 loss last week against the Middleton Vikings. Homedale, on the other hand, used the merits of their left-handed quarterback, Daniel Uranga, and they blew out Filer 56-14. Uranga 16-23 for through the air for 347 yards and six touchdowns. Carson Brown caught three of those touchdowns. And Holmdale is the undefeated team entering this game at 4-0. So Fruitland 2-1. This is a game that I think is as good of a 1-2 matchup in a conference as the Snake River Valley Conference has had in quite some time. It seems like the programs are getting a little bit closer to even. You know, and I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I, I see this as probably a Fruitland coming back from that loss and wanting to make a statement. Homedale, they've, they've played three Idaho teams and Baker. Between those three Idaho teams, those teams have two wins. So it's not exactly a tough opening schedule to go 4-0. Not saying they're not good. They might just be victims of the schedule, you know, the, the hand they were dealt. But uh, I think Fruitland is a very, very good team. Multidimensional this year. They're in the air, they're on the ground, coming off a loss. I think Fruitland's going to come out, and they're going to win big over Homedale. You're just bitter because they knocked off your Pilgrims 50 to nothing back <laughs> in week one. I'm used to that. What are you talking about? It's, that's a year, yearly occurrence. Paul had to cry himself to sleep <laughs> after watching the Pilgrims just get obliterated in that game. And Well, I'm going to disagree with you as well. Homedale is my pick for this football game. This is not an easy one to pick, but... Like I said, they, they return so many weapons on offense, and it's hard to match up with everything that they have in store. You know, their defense might have a hard time slowing down Fruitland. I think this is going to be a high-scoring football game this week. I think Holmdale does get a little bit more in the point department, and they come out on top. Next game to pick, Bishop Kelly is at Middleton. Both these teams are riding the momentum train right now as they look mighty impressive in the early going. Not a lot of close games. Bishop Kelly, of course, had that um, game against Valley View, which they won 46-39 earlier this season in the last second. Middleton has had a little bit of a uh, coming-alive party, so to speak, since that CUNA game, and they haven't had any close games since then. I think this will be close. It'll be a different task for Bill Brock's Vikings. You know, and this is one where... Th- like we mentioned before, this is the number one and number two team, not just maybe in the 4A SIC, maybe the state in the 4A. And so coming into it, I think Middleton has been tested a little bit more. Um, you know, they beat a very good Fruitland team last week. Bishop Kelly averaging a lot of points. Middleton averaging a lot of points. Defense holding um, opponents down to not very many points. However, Middleton's got the home field advantage. They've got the momentum on their side. I, I see Middleton coming a- away with this and probably a two-touchdown uh, win for them. One player to watch for Middleton is Carson Smith. He caught two touchdowns last week, 10 receptions for 119 yards, and they ran the ball a little bit more than they had as Jake Tuckett ran for 130 yards. I think that continues this week. They get balanced, and that is going to help them, and they'll get a victory against the Bishop Kelly Knights 
to continue their undefeated start to the season. So we both have Middleton in that game, a big 4A SIC affair, which will be broadcast on IdahoSports.com this week. Again, all these games in the pick six, except for the last one that we'll get to, we're going to have broadcast for it. We try to get to as many good games as possible, and, well, fortunately this week it looks like we picked the right ones. As you never know at the beginning of the football season, here's one that we're excited about. Ryan Howe is going to be out covering this game for us. It is Oakley at Valley. These teams in the top five of the media poll for the 1A Division I classification, and every time they get together, the game seems to be awfully tight. You know, and, and it always is. Like we mentioned, this conference is so good top to bottom. And to get these two teams coming in middle of the season, you know, I wish I could be in more places than once. But just all these games. But luckily, like you said, you, we can watch them online. So while we're doing our games, we'll be having our phones up and, and watching these games. So Oakley at Valley, you know, there's not a lot to say about these except it's going to be a great game uh, with a lot of points scored. But I think Oakley is Oakley. They're number one for a reason, and they're going to come out with a win. Paul, you are a huge Oakley fan, and i got to say that uh, – uh, right now, Will Henneke, I, I've seen him around, and he, he wears an Oakley Hornets t-shirt around because Cade Craner uh, and him, they had a bet, and Will lost the bet. So he got an Oakley Hornets shirt, and he'll wear it around. And uh, I'm going to go the other way, and if Valley has a t-shirt that they'd like to send in, I'll wear a Valley Vikings t-shirt around just to kind of one-up what Will's doing. I figure that they'd rather see the shirt on me anyway. So the Valley Vikings will win the football game. They're at home, and I think in a game like this, you know, being in the friendly confines, having the crowd uh, cheering you on can make just enough difference. They have really good, strong quarterback, and Jason Hardy, Julian Rocha on the ground is a nice back that we saw earlier yeah. this season, and Musman, a big wide receiver target for him. So offensively, I like this team. They beat Prairie 60-46 to earlier this year at Middleton. I think they've been battle-tested. I think they're better than people realize, and I think Valley will win this football game. One game left to pick on our pick six ball. It is 2A football in the Southeast Idaho Conference. Aberdeen is at Westside this week, and Westside remained undefeated last week with a 35-7 victory over the Ryrie Bulldogs. And Aberdeen, they lost to North Fremont a couple of weeks ago, and, well, they're trying to prove here this week that, hey, we're just as good as we've ever been. You know, again, that this is one of those where, Personally, I don't think there's a, a lot of uh, room to talk about. I think Westside is the better team right now in, in this point in the season. Aberdeen's always good. Aberdeen is always um, there in the hunt. But right now, Westside coming out right now 4-0, a big big win over Ryrie. Uh, they beat uh, 3A Marsh Valley the week before. Creamed Rich, Utah. Did the same to Firth in the opening week. I think Westside's going to come out, and they're going to uh, they're going to win by at least a touchdown or two. And Aberdeen, keep in mind, last week the Tigers, their quarterback Matthew Clausen, he was hurt in the first quarter of a 36-8 conference win against Bear Lake. He didn't return, and Alex Cerna handled the offense the rest of the way. It'll be interesting to see if Matthew Clausen can play this week. You have to hope if you're Aberdeen that he could get out there. But against Enoch Ward and some of the other Westside Pirates, it's going to be a tough night for whoever lines up under center and trying to even run the ball and especially throw the ball. So I go with Westside. They just have a defense that is on a different level. They held Marsh Valley to six points in an 8-6 win earlier this season. They were dominant last week against Ryrie. It just seems like every week they come out and their defense 
gets better and better. This is a really good football team, and they continue to fly under the radar in the 2A ranks. Right, and it all comes down to defense uh, when you're down. You know, I came from a 2A school, and those games are generally won by defense, and that's either, you know, holding the offense, creating turnovers, whatever the case may be, defense wins these games, so you may well be right. You hyped it up earlier that you were going to get the upset pick right here this week. I am. We've done our pick six. Now it's time for the Paul Kingsbury Upset Special of the Week. What do you have, Mr. Kingsbury? You know, I went to 5ASIC. You know, I went the easy route. I could have gone somewhere else. But, um, you know, we look at Mountain View versus Skyview. Skyview coming up from 4A last year, very, very good team. Now they move up to 5A. You kind of wonder what's going to happen when you go up a classification. Well, they're 3-1, and one, folks, averaging about 43 points a game. They're doing well. They're playing Mountain View. Mountain View's 2-2, two and two, averaging about 32 points a game. I've seen them play. They're a very well-rounded football team. And when everything's clicking, it clicks well. I'm going to come out, and, and I do want to point out one thing. The Eagle connection the two have. You know, Skyview beat Eagle, 48-35. Mountain View lost to Eagle, 33-24. So obviously, logic says that Skyview is going to win. However, I've never been accused of being logical. So Mountain View is going to win in my upset pick of the week, and I'm even going to throw a score out here, 34-27. to it's the State first, law. It's the first time ever, Paul, that Mountain View <laughs> has been mentioned as a underdog and uh, as an upset on pick, paper, nonetheless. On paper. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. And if, if Paul does get that upset pick, we'll have to create a poll. Was that an upset? We'll, we'll see. As uh, I will go with what is truly a very big upset, and let me tell you why. The St. Mary's Lumberjacks have won 18 games in a row against the 3A Intermountain League. That dates back to 2013. I think that here this week against Timberlake, a much-improved football team, and their head coach, Albertson, on the sideline, I like the Timberlake Tigers to upset St. Mary's and kind of open some people's eyes that maybe a 3A IML team could win a playoff game here this year. You know, what always seems to happen is Timberlake comes out and they, they're top of the conference and then Fruitland gets to come up or they come down and play Fruitland or Homedale and, and that's pretty much the end of their season at that point. But it's nice to see, you know, those North teams, Timberlake. I, I'd love to see it. I think it's a good pick and, and, and I think you're just showing off with all that information and knowledge you've got there. Well, we went up and we did that Timberlake-St. Mary's game last year. Yep. And you remember what the Timberlake coaches kept telling us was, boy, these kids are going to be really good. They're yep. just young. They're sophomores. They're juniors. And now they have an opportunity to be the favorites in their conference. Kellogg is down. Bonner's Ferry looks down. Priest River is going to be tough. We'll see them on Saturday against Grangeville here on IdahoSports.com. But you just never know. And, and Timberlake, if they do indeed win that conference, they'll get a bye through the first round, and then they'll play the winner of 6B against 3C. In the second round, that will probably be something along the lines of Weezer versus South Fremont. Right. So they will be tested, but that team would end up having to go all the way up to Spirit Lake. So nonetheless, we're foreshadowing quite a ways down the road, but (laughs) we will see how it looks for the Timberlake Tigers this week as they take on St. Mary's with the Sven Elskog Upset Special of the Week. Take Timberlake, people, in your game picks. Get get your picks in. here this week. Paul, we have a lot of games on the schedule here this week as we are sending guys absolutely everywhere. Let's talk about the schedule. It starts on Thursday. Payette is at Gooding. Payette is struggling quite a bit. Gooding trying to continue to improve as they get back 
um, Morris uh, in the backfield, and well, he was a, a big factor for them last week. Hopefully, uh, they can continue to head in the right direction. Then Rocky Mountain takes on Timberline. A full schedule of games on Friday as well. Bear Lake at Marsh Valley. Bishop Kelly at Middleton. Capital at Bora. Fruitland is at Homedale. Genesee at Prairie and the White Pine League. The state championship rematch from the 5A from a year ago. Highland at Coeur d'Alene. CUNA heads all the way over to Thunder Ridge as they're going a long way for their non-conference game this week. And then Oakley at Valley coming up this week. Twin Falls at Canyon Ridge. Then on Saturday we have the Emotion Bowl. Idaho Falls at Skyline at 2 o'clock kick for that game. Grangeville at Priest River a 4 p.m. Pacific kick time and the finale of the triple header on Saturday. McCall Donnelly is taking on Coal Valley Christian, a neutral site. They'll play at Donna Larson Park at 7 o'clock. So we have a full schedule here this week and there's a lot of stuff to look at on the site as well. Talk about some of the things that we have going on right now on the IdahoSports.com homepage that people can check out. We have a lot of things going up this week. Um, you you just put, barely put up this Lake City girls soccer story. It's a, it's a great story about kids that, that play high school sports moving on to play college. You know, that's what we love to see. We love to see success um, at, at the high school level and, and see it go all the way into college. We've got our viewer guide up there. The game-changing play of the week is, is great. Uh, ben Ford scoring that go-ahead touchdown to give Eagle the lead over Mountain View. That's always fun. Your high school rewind was fantastic. Now, of course, we have the benefit golf event to be held for the Skyline senior Nate Coplin, um, injured in a, in a diving accident in the Snake River in August. Make sure you go to the homepage, click on that, find out how you can be involved in that golf tournament that benefits him and his family. I mean, that's a, it's a terrible thing to happen. Um, so obviously he's in our thoughts and prayers and wish him all the best of luck. Yeah, so lots going on. And again, that golf uh, benefit event, all of that information is on our homepage. Make sure to click that. I know a lot of people have signed up for that. And I think it should be a great event for all included. And it goes towards a great cause. Well, we thank you for listening to another edition of the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. For my co-host here this week, Paul Kingsbury, my name is Sven Elskog, thanking you for listening and welcoming you to join us back again next week. So long, everybody. (music) 